This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, September 23rd, 2022. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, the world needs millions of well-paid and trained teachers. A progressive government is providing hope to workers in Colombia. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. Together we'll stand, divided we'll fall. Come on now people, let's get on the floor. Let's work together. Come on, come on, let's work together. This is Radio Labour. We need 69 million teachers to join the teaching profession. That is Mogwena Maluleke, the General Secretary of the South African Democratic Teachers Union, SAD2. He was speaking at the UN's Transforming Education Summit, held in New York on September 17th, 18th, and 19th, 2022. The summit brought together national leaders to discuss how to improve education in their countries and around the world. He mentions the SDGs, the UN Strategic Development Goals. I have been a teacher for 34 years. But today I am not speaking for myself. I'm speaking on behalf of the 32 million teachers that are represented by Education International through our 383 member organizations around the world. I was born on a farm in the apartheid South Africa, there was no school on the farm. So I was not allowed to go to school until I was nine years old. And when I was allowed to go to school, I had to cross the river by swimming during rainy season to go and access education. I worked as a child laborer. I worked in the morning. I worked after school until seven o'clock in the evening. So where is the agency of the teachers in all this? So education has expanded my world, but not only because of the education and the knowledge I received, but importantly, in the human interaction with my teachers. I was determined and turbocharged by my internal moral engine to be part of that world. Yet since teachers did, didn't generally look like me, I knew that becoming one could mean a world of difference for the students who do. From my work as a teacher, my understanding of the power of collaborative professionalism and organizing grew. Individuals can become heroes, of course, but a movement can transform the course of history. And that's where the teachers come in, in all what we have had today. We are to build a movement to transform education that will be responsible if we are individuals who cannot achieve that. It is only possible if we become partners in real sense of the word and focus very clearly on what it takes to achieve SDG 4. And it's very simple. Free, quality education for every student. The needs are very simple to restate. The first is we need 69 million 
teachers to join the teaching profession. But not only to join, we need to bring them in, we need to keep them in the teaching fraternity, in the profession. But to do that, I have learned as a child, as a young man who joined the teaching fraternity, that we need to create transformative environment. We need decent salaries for the teachers. We need to trust the teachers and allow them to exercise that professional autonomy in what they are doing. That's where the agency of the teachers are, because they build the nation, they build all the profession, and they build characters, and they build relationships. So therefore, we need to be able to support them. Excellence is to please, wherever you are, remember the teachers. Remember and trust the teachers. For years, one of the most dangerous countries for unionists has been Colombia. But with the recent election of a progressive leftist government, there is hope in the air for not only labor unions, but democracy as well. To help explain the events in Colombia, the Solidarity Center in the United States produced a podcast featuring a labor lawyer and activist in the country. The podcast was hosted by the executive director of the center, Shauna Baderblau. Mary Laura Perdomo, a labor lawyer and trade unionist in Colombia, tells us how unions, together with young people and indigenous and black communities, achieved the election of the country's first progressive government. Mary Laura has been an integral part of the multi-year democratic process that unified people around their basic rights like decent wages, accessible health care, and an end to discrimination, and the violence that has visited union leaders far too often in South America. A quick note about the interview with Mary Laura, you'll hear her describe the new government in Colombia as leftist. This is in reaction to the highly conservative and far-right administrations that have come before it. Let's hear now from Mary Laura, my sister at the Solidarity Center and a lawyer at the International Lawyers Assisting Workers, or ILA Network. Hi, everybody. Pleasure to be here. My name is Mary Laura Perdomo. I'm a labor lawyer from Colombia, and actually I'm the regional coordinator for Latin America and the Caribbean for the ILO Network, which is a global network of lawyers assisting workers. This year, we had two very important elections in Colombia. We had our elections to the Congress of the Republic, which is our parliament, and we had our presidential elections. And for the first time in Colombia's history, we elected a leftist government. But not only that, we also elected as vice president a woman who comes from the one of the most marginalized sectors of society in Colombia, an environmental warrior, a black woman. And it's, I can't stress this enough, it's the first time in the history of Colombia that we've chosen an alternative, progressive, leftist government. There are several factors that explain why we got to elect this leftist government and why we have such an environmental warrior as a vice president and someone who also fights for the rights of those who have been marginalized. The first factor is that there was a big social revolution, and it's part of a chain of big social upheaval that was happening in all over Latin America, and that changed the uh, the, uh, the the proportion of leftist governments in, in the region. So it all started with a big strike that was actually called by the unions of the, in the country, and in the uh, last months of 2019. And so in 2021, 
the unions decided to call again for another strike that was fed by the Malk, the uh, 2019 strike that had been cut short by the pandemic. So this big social energy took over the cities, took over the whole country. And when they saw that the government was doing absolutely nothing to respond to all this, this pushed, this pushed Colombian people over the edge. That's when they decided that they needed to change everything that had not been working until then. The two big strikes called by, uh, called in 2019 and 2021 by the unions respond to three big reasons, I think. The first is that the government decided to implement a series of reforms in labor that just wanted to create a parallel system for social security that was going to turn work into an even more precarious and more flimsy situation for many of the workers. Second, they wanted to launch a series of fiscal reforms or tax reforms that meant that they were going to raise the taxes for the poorest households while lowering the taxes for the powerful corporations and the rich people that had put the previous president in power. And the third reason, I think, is the the anti-social violence that we've been seeing in Colombia, in which, because in Colombia, union leaders are still being murdered for what they do, together with the anti-social violence that we're seeing and the fact that the government was trying to deepen the inequality with the proposals that they have put forth, that made people realize that they, they couldn't take it anymore. Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top stories section included links to coverage of the dangers facing journalists attempting to cover public protests in Russia and Iran, and how and why a journalist union leader has been targeted for assassination in Pakistan. Attacks on journalists have become common worldwide in the past decade. In countries like Mexico, reporters are regularly murdered and their killers enjoy impunity from prosecution. In others, like China, state persecution and imprisonment are routine. Visit the International Federation of Journalists website for details of its global campaign to end impunity and its efforts to force the release of imprisoned journalists worldwide. We also carried news of a strike by Ukrainian miners, despite restrictions on labor rights in that country, and about the one-day general strike for wage increases that match inflation, and a walkout by 20,000 bank workers in South Korea as their union pushes for a wage increase equal to the rate of inflation. And we had coverage of giant protests in Ecuador as workers there demand that the government make the required contributions to the state pension plan and calls for more funding for the school system in Iraq. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found news items about the organizers behind the coming Swiss referendum on pension equality in that country, a fantastic story about a mentoring program created by Uni Global Union for Women Leaders of South African Trade Unions, and a report from the Irish Confederation of Trade Unions Women's Conference. Other news about women workers this week came to us from Iran, the United Kingdom, Ghana, Latin America, Spain, Panama, Argentina, Brazil, New Zealand, Israel, Algeria, Portugal, the United States, Canada, and from the Philippines.
A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes an item about the unsafe transportation methods forced on farm workers in South Africa, where in the past year 20 workers have died and more than 200 have been seriously injured while moving from one work location to another. We also covered the move to greater cooperation between health and safety activists in divided Cyprus and how Canadian rail workers marked Railway Safety Week. Our current photo of the week is of a crowd of striking workers at the Mercedes factory in Brazil. The workers walked off the job last week after layoffs were announced by the profit-making company. This is Derek Blackheader from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here's the UK singing group The Workers with Let's Work Together. Together we'll stand, divided we'll fall. Come on now people, let's get on the ball. Let's work together. Come on, come on, let's work together. Because together we will stand, every boy, every girl. Work Together was produced by the British Trades Union Congress, the TUC. And that's it. Labor news you can use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.